Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Is your pet, your dog, or your cat having behavioral problems? Do you wish that they weren't tearing apart the house while you're gone or that you weren't getting complaints from your neighbors that your dog's been barking all day or your cat's been in your window hissing? Well, maybe you need to change your relationship with your animal companion, and maybe you need to learn how to talk with your animal companion differently. Our guest today, Claudia Hare, is going to share tips on just how to do this. But first, I want to share a little bit about Claudia. She is an internationally known animal communication expert and author. Claudia is truly the voice of the animals. For almost two decades now, she's been helping clients all around the world who come to her to find out what their animal companions really need. By using her ability to communicate with animals telepathically, she assists in areas as diverse as behavioral issues, wellness issues, traumas, fears, and many other areas. And she also reconnects people with their animal family members who have left their physical bodies. Claudia has appeared on television networks like Discovery Channel. She's been profiled on international radio broadcasts and in newspapers and magazines like Animal Wellness, Modern Dog, The Globe and Mail, and Toronto Life. She offers private instruction or group seminars to help people really understand animals. Now, it doesn't stop there because she's also written three books, If Only Animals Could Talk, Dog Guardian's Pocket Guide of Training Commands, and Breakfast, Dinner, and Everything in Between. You can get those online. You can connect with Claudia via Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, and on her website, ClaudiaHair.com. That's H-E-H-R. Welcome, Claudia. Hi, Michelle. I'm so excited being here. I'm so excited to have you on here. This is a very, very passionate topic of mine. And I know so many people who really, really care about their dogs, their cats, or any other type of animal companion they might have, and, but they don't understand why they might be acting up. So we're excited to get your, your tips and wisdom today. Thanks. Uh, it's it's uh, such an honor and privilege for me to talk about animals. So you have no idea. You know, when you and I spoke offline, I remember... Uh, how passionate you were about changing the paradigm about animals. And and so before we even dive into specifics and tips and advice on all of those things that I mentioned in the opening, tell us, what do you want to demystify about animals? Animals see us as who we are, not what we are. They really don't care where we're from, how much money we have, what we do. They care about who we are, who we are inside, how we feel, what is going on inside of us. Which is why we love them so much, because it's so unconditional. Exactly. And I think that's what we should do, too. We should see them as who they are, not what they are. Mm-hmm. Now, however, we it is important that, of course, we have to see what they are, because um, they have... A fish, for example, needs water to swim. A bird needs air to fly, right? So we have to uh, take that in consideration and provide that for them what they need. Mm-hmm. So that meaning that you cannot make a, a, a dog out of a horse or a human out of a dog. We still have mm. this body that need, has certain needs. 
That's a good point that you just said, not making a human out of a dog, which I'm definitely guilty of that. I think a lot of my friends are too. They kind of treat their dog like a baby, <laughs> their little baby. Well, yes and no. I mean, I right now share my, my life with five dog companions, three cat companions, and I also have six dog companions who have left their physical bodies. And I mean, you know, I treat them... They're my, you know, they're my family, right? But mm-hmm. I see them, I give them everything that they need. Like, I mean, a dog has to go outside and sometimes roll in some grass or if they bark, they bark. So I have to see them as, who, as, as you know, what the body needs. But I see them as an individual, like, um, who are they? rather than what they are. So let's talk about that a little bit more so that we can all understand looking at them as who they are. So what are some of the common misunderstandings? You gave a few examples of like looking at a dog as more of like a human, treating a dog like a human. What else? Like what are some common misunderstandings about animals that people have? Well, first of all, the most common one and the global one is that animals Again, they can't think, or they're on the on the level of a two-year-old. They don't understand. Mm. That's that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, then you have different species. For example, people say that that the animals that live with us, so our dog and cat companions, or the animals that are more like us, like apes, they're more intelligent than, for example, like an ant. Mm-hmm. So, even from the same species everybody's different. It's like us. I mean, not every uh, human is the same. We're all different. Wow. So I want to start diving into your expertise so that our listeners can understand how, how do you do it? How do you start to speak to your animal? First of all, there's two things you have to consider. Are you talking to your animal companion or are you talking with your animal companion? Mm. Totally different things, right? Mm-hmm. Most people talk to the animal companion, saying them, um, go sit, right. give me a paw or whatever. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a command. Yes. When I talk with my animal companion, it's like a conversation. Like I tell them what I'm doing today, how their day was, and so on. So that's a difference, right? So this is interesting. So because we learn how to give commands, and I've learned that when we're talking about dogs specifically, that they like it. What we know now, or what we think we know, or most people know or believe, or what they hear about animals, know Mm -hmm. about animals, have read about animals, heard about animals, seen about animals, is literally has been handed down from generation to generation to generation. So what we know about animals now, first of all, it's from our human perspective. So some lots of people observed them and said, okay, this is how it is. And then it was handed down. So it is kind of like still what's out of the stone ages. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, um, let's say your partner, you and I, we would have a conversation. And I'm talking to you about your partner and saying, you know, um, what does he or she think and so on and so on, right? So rather than asking your partner directly. So it's kind of the same with animals. So with the work that I've been doing and with communicating with animals all the time, I'm learning so much about them that I know now that most of the things we think are true are not true. Wow. So you have to kind of start looking at it from a totally new perspective. Yes. You can't just assume that what you read in a book about how to train your dog or, or how to get your cat to pee in the toilet <laughs> right. is okay. So, but, but think about it. That's this too. Like, why would we ask a cat to pee in the toilet? So just we want it so that we don't have to clean up. Exactly. But it's so unnatural for the cat. So why does a cat has to become like human? Like a human. 
This if is interesting. Want, right, if you don't want to clean up a little box, well, then maybe you can't share your animal, your life with a cat. Mm. If I don't want to change change diapers, I sh- can't have a baby because, hey, I'm going to be changing diapers for a few years. Mm-hmm. But do we know if every single cat even likes being an, having a litter box at all? Maybe they'd prefer to be outside and do it on a tree. Right. So that is actually good too. Like when you adopt an animal into your family, you should talk with the animal first and kind of what, when I see, what I see with an animal is that when we adopt an animal, bring an animal into our family, it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. And to make a relationship work, we have to see both parties needs. So for example, let's say if I and if you talk about dogs right now, let's say, or somebody who is very lazy, just wants to sit on the couch 24-7, doesn't move, it might be not a great idea to get a greyhound. Because they need a lot of activity. Exactly. Yeah. So you also have to see other things. If um, you like, would like to get your dog companion to go with you, for example, visiting people in a, in a hospital or something, and that's why would, you, know, you would like your animal companion to do that, ask them if they really want to do that or not. Um, it's sort of like if you grow up and then all of a sudden your parents tell you what you have to study, where you have to work, who you have to marry, how many children you have to have, um, you know, you like to make this your own decision. So when you, when you adopt any animal in your family, ask them, what do you want? Is it okay? I have a big family, small family, I have children, I have no children, I have other dogs, I have other cats. Does that fit? That is that what you want? And when you start with that, first of all, you will have, we will less likely have any problems later on. Mm-hmm. What kind of an answer might you get? Uh, a little nuzzle, a lick on the hand? Well, that's the thing. You can try to do it, but there are certain things that you have to know to really communicate with okay. an animal. So this is a great segue. So yes. you are your expertise is telepathic animal communicator. And so before we even before you try to tell us how this is done, what is the definition of it? Like what does this mean? Uh, okay, there's the communicator, the animal communicator, and then there are other, other words too, like pet psychic and uh, okay. whisper and so on. And, and quite often that is all loosely interchanged. Okay. But for me, the way basically an animal whisper is somebody who uses body language. Okay. A pet psychic, lots of people say if you say pet psychic, they think you can tell the entire future, um, which is not true. But psychic, if you use it in the word of psyche, meaning soul, then yes, a a pet psychic is also an animal communicator because what you do as an animal communicator, you communicate with animals through telepathy and then translate the messages that you get from the animal into words for people to hear. Okay. And um, uh, telepathy is, uh, so to speak, also known as the universal language because because everybody uses it. I, however, like to call it a soul-to-soul connection because when you communicate with anybody telepathically, you communicate with the soul. Mm. And that is also why you can communicate with animals who have left their physical bodies because you still communicate with the soul and the soul is immortal. It's amazing. It's kind of like that that weird thing that it's an energetic feeling. Um, yes. You know, like, oh, uh, that person, you were thinking about them and then they call you. 
correct because quite often when people don't think about it then they get the telepathic messages so everybody has this ability and everybody uses it but most people don't know how to use mm -hmm. it so mm -hmm. it's the same for example english is only my second language so i had to learn it i mean it was literally you know like word by word by word by word mm -hmm. and i know i still make mistakes but hey at least i can have a conversation so it's the same with telepathy you uh -huh. can't just do it i mean you do it but you have to know how to do it correctly exactly it's a skill so, set it's a skill exactly. set so when did you know that you had this amazing skill okay for me it really goes back all the way back i don't know how old i was like, like a little girl back so three four whatever oh wow i always knew when i was saw an animal either on the street or on tv i just knew what was going on in the animal's life I just I just had a sense of it. I just I just knew. And I thought everybody else was experiencing this this as well. So for example, I saw a dog, usually dogs or cats I grew up in this inner city. Mm -hmm. And I just knew this dog was mistreated or wasn't taken out or this cat uh wasn't fed. I just knew that. And I told my mother and she said, you know, Claudia, this is crazy, don't tell people. And then, then <laughs> well, that's on, not nice of mom. Well, yeah, actually, my mother said to me, you know, I think it was four or five. Claudia, be quiet. They come in with a straight jacket and put you in the loony bin. So, oh, God. so but also what happened to that? Both of my parents. Little did she know you'd become an internationally renowned expert <laughs> on it. But, you know, <laughs> here you go, mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, but animals were always um, more than just friends to me. I mean, animals were more, more important than anything else. So mm -hmm. I always saw them different, like I always respected them, loved them more than anything. Yes. And so it just happened. <laughs> this is amazing. So, so tell us how you do it. How do you talk to them? How does it work? Okay, again, when you say talk to them, then or it's with them, with them, with them right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, when we speak, and when we think, we send out telepathic messages. Even so, when we think. Yes. Hmm. And you actually can measure a thought. A thought is actually a real thing. A thought has a frequency. You can measure a thought. So so you you use telepathy even if you're not aware, you use it. So when you're powerful and scary. So if you keep thinking something bad is gonna happen, you might create it. Well yeah, something bad is going to happen, absolutely. So and that's that's the trick about telepathy. So again, when you speak and when you think, you send out telepathic messages. Mm -hmm. And so most animals actually do the opposite of what we ask them to do. And that is because we're focusing on the wrong thing. Okay. So what's very important to know is that with telepathy, negatives don't come through. Hmm. So what that means, if I ask the audience right now, each individual who is listening, if I ask them not to think about a chocolate cake, <laughs> three-layered chocolate cake, um, almost looks like a wedding cake, you know, different tiers, different sizes, and it has triple fudge. So when you cut it open, it's chocolate, it layers of chocolate, it, the icing is chocolate, the flowers <laughs> on top of it are chocolate. So you were laughing. So may I ask you, what did you think about? Oh, I was thinking all about how it tasted. My mouth started watering. I was seeing it in my mind and imagining myself cutting this cake and having a big bite. <laughs> exactly. But at the beginning, if, you're, if you remember, I asked you not to think about it. No, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. So that's the same thing when we talk to animals. For example, let's say I like this, this example. Um, let's say you have a dog called Buddy. You just went for a walk with Buddy, and it was muddy. He went through the fields. He's really, really, his feet are just full of mud. He's dripping of mud. <laughs> you come home, 
and your neighbor comes from across the street and she's wearing a white a white dress and you say, Oh gosh, buddy, please don't jump up. <laughs> Guess what he's doing? Oh yeah. Because in your mind you already saw him jumping up. You already saw your neighbor with all the dirty paw prints on her. You already heard her yelling at you, you and your dog. So, um, so of course, Buddy saw that. Buddy saw that in, oh, you want me to jump up on her? Sure, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that when you talk with animals, tell them what you want them to do, not what you don't want them to do, which would be, Buddy, please keep all four feet on the ground. But the key to that is, is that you also have to think it, believe it, see it in your mind. Mm-hmm. So rather than seeing him jumping up, you would literally see him maybe sitting beside you or walking to your front door or having a sniff and leaving your neighbor alone. Wow. Because if you say it, but you don't think it, he still will do it. So that's the trick. That's That's the trick of getting through to them. Right. And the other thing is too, is that we have to explain sometimes things to our animal companions. So um, tell them everything. You know, on one side, it's funny. People say that, Animals don't understand anything, but on the other side, they are supposed to know everything. So <laughs> if you, if something happens in your life, tell them. They, mm. There might be a big hole. Let's say something happens outside of, uh, outside of the home and they didn't hear what you said. So how do they know? So tell them everything. The more you tell them, the more they, they know what's going on, the more they're, they're, they feel relaxed because they know what's going on, what's going to happen. So how should we say something like that? Like, hey, buddy, I had a terrible day at work today. My boss passed me up for a promotion. And I'm super bummed. I feel like I want to quit. And so I'm, I'm going to open up a big bottle of wine and get drunk. <laughs> I would just start with the basics. So I, uh, when coming home, I would say, buddy, I'm in a really bad mood. Mm. Something happened at work. My boss really, whatever you want to call it, was not very nice to me. So I need just five minutes. I need to relax. And then I sit down and I'm going to have a drink and we can, you know, we can snuggle up together. Okay. So that your dog, first of all, you come in and your dog already sensed that you're in a bad mood. Yes. What on earth is going on? So you explain right away, yes, I'm in a bad mood and that is why I'm in a bad mood. Okay. So so they can hear you. And this, this goes for all species. That's for all species, yes. Because, okay. again, your thoughts are things, and you automatically picture that in your mind. So how do we then deal with, um, you know, the animal who's got separation anxiety? Uh, you come home from work, and the whole place is a shambles. What, okay. do, you, what do you do? How do you, talk, how do you talk with them? Two things about that. First of all, um, you have to find out why your dog has separate or your animal companion has separation anxiety. So it could be um, maybe you adopted a dog companion who already has a past. So I would communicate with him or her. And again, at the beginning, you probably need somebody who assists you with that and find out what happened. Like, why are you doing this? What's going on? Maybe um, I, I can give you so many examples. I mean, I one time spoke with a dog who had been left in a house alone for five days. Oh, gosh. So, of course, you walk out and he's freaking out. Oh, gosh. Happening again. You know what I mean? So once yeah. you know, then you can do something about mm-hmm. it. So and a lot of times you don't get that information when you rescue an animal. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important that you talk with your animal companions to find out what happened in the past. Why do they act the way they do? What's going on? And not just assuming. It's like 
and we go, we go back to the separation anxiety, but that's like with fear, you know, there's a million different fears, but find out what fear it is and then you can do something about it. That's mm -hmm. why quite often training doesn't work because there are millions of different fears and you have to treat them different. Yes. Interesting. So, but going back to the separation anxiety, so first of all, find out why. And then your animal companion might even tell you what they need. But what I always do is force them. Tell your animal companion where you go. Tell them what you do. Tell them uh, what, what time you will be back and tell them what you want them to do. So which would be, buddy, I'm going to go out now. I have to do some errands. Step one. Step okay. two. I have to go to the post office, the bank, uh, the grocery store. Step three. You tell them when you will be back. Animals know time. See, that's one of the myths that animals don't know time. Mm. Animals do know time. So you tell them you, you ba you'll you be back in an hour, hour and a half, or you tell them I'll be back at 2, 2.30. And be back at that time. They know time. If you don't, then you just lie to your dog. And why should he trust you the next time? Ooh. Ooh. And fourth is tell them what you would like them to do. So you would say things like play with your toys, watch some TV, relax, have a snooze. Avoid saying things like watch the house because then your dog feels, oh, gosh, I have to watch the house now and it's barking all the time. Or some people say, mm -hmm. um, be, be positive. Tell them exactly. Like I said, you know, have a snooze. Take it easy. All right. I love all this stuff about staying positive for your pets. Uh, I want to take a quick break, though, to remind you about my relationship with BarkBox. If you have a pet at home and you want to order some really cool treats, go to ladyfoxentertainment.com, click on the resources partners page. There's a little banner, um, there's also a little blurb about BarkBox. You can get a nice little discount um, and start getting some treats delivered to your door. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch them open it up and uh, you have a bunch of different options available to you in terms of uh, what kind of theme you want for your box. So go check that out. Once again, ladyfoxentertainment.com forward slash resources partners. You can also click directly to that page off of the homepage of the website. And now, back to the show with internationally known animal communication expert, Claudia Hare. It's interesting. There's a woman who lives in, down below in my building, and she's got a dog who won't stop barking. Mm -hmm. And she says she likes it. It's a good thing. It's a deterrent. It keeps people away from her apartment. Is you, yeah. do you Would you say that that's what's going wrong, that she's not talking with her animal companion in such a way to be like hey hey buddy you don't need to bark all the time okay you just said a negative you don't need to bark all mm. the time that's a negative so how would you say it uh you could say things like you know if somebody's at the door bark once or twice mm. but okay now you have to see also that just because you say it once doesn't mean that your dog companion will do it so first of all your dog companion has to learn that he can trust you because literally most dogs have been lied, most animals have been lied to their entire life because right. we didn't know about how to correctly communicate with them. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it takes a while to, to ca catch up. Um, also, if it would be so easy just to tell them to do something or not to do something, why do we humans have to go to psychiatrists for 25 years? <laughs> so, so true. Right? So, um, and, and then also what you also have to see, dogs like to bark. I mean, one of my dog companions, he's a, she's a German Shepherd, and they are protective, so she yes. barks. Mm -hmm. 
So I can't just tell her not to. I mean, that's just something that I also have to accept and it's fine with me. But that's like with your neighbor downstairs, even if she would say stop barking, which again, it's a negative, which would be, you know, be quiet, please be quiet. She still inside would like to say, but I love it when you bark. Because <laughs> exactly. She, she likes that. So it's so a mixed then, signal. It's a mixed message yeah, to the correct. animal. Correct. Interesting. So what about aggression? I'm curious about that because there, um, you know, I've had experiences where I would be walking my animal companion who has moved on and there would be other dogs who would just come flying at him and try to like Mm -hmm. bite him, bite me. And it was craziness. What's Mm -hmm. going on there? Um, We have to see each animal as an individual. So Mm. for some animals, it could be that they have been bitten and they're just, you know, afraid it happens again. Others are just maybe, um, they just don't like this dog. Or one, some might just feel, you know, if I bark first, then I won't get hurt. It could be many, many different mm-hmm. ways. Do you think it's because they're being influenced by their their uh, owner? There's a huge influence of us, of course. Mm-hmm. And there's also the thing is that too, that a lot of animals now, they don't get what they need. Like how many, if you have a large dog, how many, do- how many people walk them for several hours a day Mm -hmm. oh gosh probably most people don't right they get a dog walker to come for you know a 15 minute walk right so there's one thing too that they might be you know and then they're locked up they're all alone which is a totally not their i mean dogs are supposed to live in a pack well i don't like that family like Mm -hmm. that's why i have a lot of dog companions because that's how they like it. I mean, there are some dogs who like to be alone or only have one or two, mm-hmm, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think my dog was an only child type. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's a, that's why I say you can't just say one fits all. So most dogs, you would say, okay, of course, a dog likes to be with other dogs, likes to live in the country, likes to have a bone. Doesn't necessarily mean that. So you have to see the individual and what is going on. Mm-hmm. And also, is there, you know, what do what do they need and 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 what's the story you really have to find that out Uh, for example one time i was living somewhere and there was this little pathway i had to go through sometimes so there were two uh, four houses two on each side and a little pathway going right between Mm -hmm. and i had two two dog companions at that point and um when i passed through the first time out out of nowhere this little cocker spaniel came dashing out of this house that backed off the house and just barking like crazy at my dogs and my dogs were quite big one one was a shepherd cross and and the other one was the same size so and big and black so Mm -hmm. so they were like gosh what's going on and of course it started growling because there was this this dog you know coming at them sure and so, and I, I didn't, I didn't know that. So a second time I walked by, same thing. So the third time I walked by, I kind of expected it. And I was always looking, is the back door open? If the back door was open, the dog was coming out, out and yelling at us. So I started to tell my guys. And of course, because I had the big black dogs, the bad dogs, quotation mark. I had mm-hmm. So when I was coming close and I saw that the back door was open, I said to my guys, listen. This dog is coming, running out again. And I saw actually the guardian in the back, like, you know, behind the, the, the door kind of thing, actually mm-hmm. getting his dog, like, yes, go and get them. Oh, you know, boy. Thought it was a great thing. So I said to my guys, okay, this cocker spaniel is going to come out again. Um, so he will be barking and doing. So what I would like you to do is just pay attention to me. Look the other way. 
Mm. And while I was saying that, I was also encouraging. Like I was, I didn't just say it once. I said, "So look at me. I'm, you're doing great, awesome job." Mm-hmm. I had to do it once or twice, and after that, they always totally ignored the, the cocker spaniel. That's interesting. The positive reinforcement. Yes, but also, like I said, I didn't just say it. I walked them through it through the entire pathway. Yes, and you were very confident. So it's, it goes back to what you said about you have to think it, believe it, know it. Yes. And then they sense that too. So this is not an easy skill set. It's not like the people out there listening are going to be able to just automatically start talking with their animals. So how can people find you or if they want to find a communicator that can come to them personally, wherever they're listening from, what should they do? How do they find a good animal communicator? So first of all, if somebody wants to get in touch with me, the best is through my website, which is as you said, claudiahair.com. So that's C-L-A-U-D-I-A-H-E-H-R.com. So and you say it my- so much nicer than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've practiced. So there's always my you know, email or telephone number and all of that. Um, now, when you choose a communicator, the communicator can be anywhere. Like most oh. of my sessions, actually, I would say over 95% of my sessions are over distance. So I have clients all around the world. Okay, so that's great. They, it's like us, you know. So you, you don't have in, to meet up with the communicator or have somebody, you know, come and meet with your dog. No, um, no, not at all. It's not like you, you're not a trainer. You don't need to see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, How mm-hmm. It, uh, the animal behaves in certain situations. Like us, I mean, you're in the States, I'm in Canada. So yes. we are not really in the same, you know, room either. Right. So that's one thing. And the other thing, to find a communicator, what's really important is you have to know the filters that your animal communicator uses. And filters are beliefs. And depending on what belief somebody has, this person will get different messages. So what that means, if you don't believe that something is possible, you cannot hear it. Haha. Uh-huh. So in, 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 in our life, for example, my mother never used to believe that she was able to swim. She, when she was, uh, I mean, she grew up in the war. And uh, so, you know, there was not no school or anything like that for, for quite a while. Um, then, so of course, she didn't learn how to swim. So later on, when she was married to my dad, he said, finally, you've got to learn how to swim. So she took swimming lessons and everything. And she could never learn how to swim, even with those um, those air things you put on your arms mm-hmm. and around your waist, you know, like yeah. she had those three thingies on it, and you put her in the water, and she sank down with those things like a stone. I mean, <laughs> everybody said that's impossible, but she just <laughs> gone. You know? so that's hilarious. Belief, she just really believed that there was no way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she saw that you could swim. I mean, you know, I mean, we <laughs> swam, but she couldn't, and she sank like a stone, like a rock. So that was her belief, right? That's why she, and which, you know, it's, it's important. Like you, you can learn how to swim. So, yeah. so it's very important what you believe. Um, and these, and, these filters are really interesting to me. So how yes. can you ask, what should people ask you? What are your beliefs, Claudia, so that I know if I should um, hire you to help me with my animal companions, behavioral issues? First of all, when I talk to an animal, like I see an animal as an equal, and uh, there used to be uh, this thing, big round thing that you cannot communicate with animals unless you see them as equals. I have learned now that it's not the truth. I know a few people, 
can communicate with animals who still see animals as lesser beings than humans. So for me, a human and an animal is kind of the same. We're all souls. We just have a different body. Mm-hmm. Then the other thing is I don't judge. Like if something happens, good or bad, that's not up to me. I pass everything on. I had people coming to me who have abused animals and now finally woken up and then apologized. So I, you know, like I, like, um, or if something happens, um, I give you another example. I one time had a lady, one of my dog companions left his physical body and, um, we, we were just chatting and I told her that, you know, my dog had just recently left his physical body and she said, Oh gosh, so sorry. And she was a communicator. And so we exchanged numbers because she was living really close by. And then she gave me a call a few days later and said, I would like to give you a message from your dog who has left his physical body. And she said, he's sitting right beside you on your bed and he has this little bunny, uh, this little rabbit beside him. And, uh, this rabbit didn't get enough love during his life. So your dog who got more than plenty is now sharing this love. So she literally (laughs) saw my dog sitting beside me and, uh, with that bunny in his physical body, which was, it was a really sweet, sweet message. And I really appreciate that. But what I saw and learned was actually very important because her beliefs, for example, was that even after you leave the physical body, you're still animal. Hmm. For me, after we leave our physical body, we take off our clothes, our body, and then we are just energy. Uh-huh. We don't have a form anymore. So when you, because in my belief, you are actually always non-physical and sometimes physical. In her belief, my dog would always be a dog. So if in my belief, you can interchange species and gender. So my dog companion now could she could never hear my dog companion telling that he was human in another life she could not hear that because in her belief this is not possible Mm -hmm. so certain things she would not hear because a filter would tune them out so i wouldn't get the entire message Mm -hmm. well maybe that's why some of us humanize our dogs because they just act so human (laughs) from a past life I don't know. My dog used to kind of sit on the couch and look like a model. I was like, you are a model. (laughs) You are a model. (laughs) But you know what? I mean, animals are uh, incredible, too. I have one of my dog companions now. He does so many human things I've never seen. And I I had lots of animal companions. I mean, my entire life has been around animals. And um, I've seen him do things I've never seen before. I'm, I'm, I'm... amazed. There's this, uh, this is a total aside, but there's a video on Facebook that made me laugh yesterday. A woman is sitting on her floor uh, doing yoga. She's trying to put her leg behind her head. And her dog is sitting next to her um, on the floor. And as she's trying to put her leg behind her bed, her head, the dog does it. <laughs> and shows her how to how it's done. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, the, the dogs that live with us, they have way more facial expressions than wolves. Mm. Because they see that we're smiling, it means that we're happy, so they're trying to smile. Wow. So, I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot. I mean, and every, everybody, you know, evolves and, 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 and so on. So there is stuff happening. That is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's there, there's so much about animals that... It's so much, so many, so many misconceptions. Since I, 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 the thing too, what, what we again, what we believe about animals and what's, what's the real truth is so different. That's why I actually starting with seminars about um, from the animals' perspective because we need to know. 
we have to talk to our animals why how and who especially you know like the, the ones that live with us so that we know why they do what they do and yeah. also to find out more and to understand them better because animals are not they do something for a reason it might not make sense to us but it makes sense sense to them absolutely I mean, for, absolutely yeah, or what we do, and and that's the nice nice thing. Animals are so nice; they're so sweet. They accept just accept. Um, I not not long ago, I had um, a client calling me, and you know about her dog, and uh, the dog was a stray, like came from one of the reservations, so it was basically his entire life stray, and then came and lived with her. And she's, and you know, like living in a house now and all of that, she's going to work. And so she said, do you have any questions about what I do? And he said, whatever you do, it's weird. Hmm. Because for him, you know, like you close the door. Why do you close the door? You know, like all those <laughs> kind of things. Like you just go in and out, you know. Yeah. So, but but he just accepted it. Huh. It was so sweet. Like her entire life didn't make any sense to him. And he got used to it now. But okay, <laughs> if, you know, if, if you like it, fine. It's fine with me. It was so sweet. One thing I would like to say too is when you start talking with with your animal companions make sure you say it out loud at the beginning till you get used to it because your mind wanders mm -hmm. if you want to tell your dog companion buddy you would like to tell him that that you are going grocery shopping when you come back you're going to make him dinner and then an hour later you're going to go for a walk with him let's say you wanted to tell him that it's pretty straightforward right so i'm going shopping yeah. now then i make you dinner and afterwards we go for a walk now, when you think it, you probably will say, okay, buddy, I'm going to go grocery shopping and, oh, shoot, you know what? I'm out of dog food. I have to go to the, I have to go oh. to the, to the pet store. And then, oh, yeah, you know what? If I'm, if I'm driving down there, I can actually just go and pick up some stuff for the backyard too. And then, oh, shoot, I also have to go to the, uh, to the post office. I forgot. By that time, you, you lost buddy. <laughs> right. So, He's like, what? <laughs> and then that's when they just sit there and kind of give you that look. <laughs> so first of all like say their name don't expect them to turn around they don't turn around like we do but you say the name out so it's sort of like you walk into a room with five people and you start talking like who are you talking to so say their name <laughs> so they know that you're addressing them mm -hmm. and then like i said then say it out loud for the, at the beginning it will be so much easier that's such a great tip and i want to say thank you i really appreciate your time claudia Michelle, again, thank you so much for inviting me. And I would like to thank everybody for listening. And uh, please give your animal companion a hug from me. Oh, yes. We all will. Everybody out there listening, in our next episode with Claudia, because we are going to have her back, we're going to talk about how to improve the quality of your animal companion's life and, and give him or her longevity. And also, we might touch upon how to manage losing your pet. And in the meantime, again, please go to ClaudiaHair.com. That's C-L-A-U-D-I-A-H-E-H-R.com. Get her books, reach out, sign up for her upcoming seminars, say hello, hire her to help you with your animal companion. Claudia, thank you again. Thank you so much. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.